What's up, bro? What's up, JoJo? <laughs> we should start every episode like that. What's up, James? All right, you want to record it? Yeah, I'm, I just hit record because I didn't hear you say what's up, JoJo, the first time. So You didn't hear me say what's up, JoJo? <laughs> what's up, James? How are you? Haven't talked to you in like, okay. Jesus Christ, it's been like three weeks. Yeah, man. Busy with life, man. Just like you. I know I see your pictures on Instagram. You guys are living like rock stars. <laughs> yeah, it's the one gig a month that we are. Sorry, one gig a year that we do. This, this, the guys I play with. They're playing the New York City Marathon. We always like to get out there and support the runners. You know, I'm, I'm proud of you. Got a haircut. You no longer look like Vladi. <laughs> I don't think I ever did, but whatever. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. How you been? Um, How you living? Nobody wants to hear our small talk, man. Oh, come All on. Right? Everybody loves that. It's the best part of the episode every single time. Nobody really wants to hear us anyway. So let's just go ahead and force this podcast onto them and make them listen. And then... That's cool. I'm down with that. I can go back to watching my Celtics beat the hell out of the Nuggets right now. They're up They're up by 11 in the first, so I'll take it. 14. Yeah, I'm trying to watch it on my other computer, but the internet's not really cooperating. So if we cut out, I'm sorry. Well, I know Jamal Murray's going bonkers right now somehow. Is he? Oh, yeah, he's, he's killing right now. He's the, only per- he's the only thing keeping them in the game. Well, that's good. That's good for them, I guess. Not really. I don't know. Um, but I mean, and that kind of goes with the, oh yeah. Welcome to dunk tales pod episode. <laughs> I think you says it's 26. I think, I think that's 26. I think you're full of crap. We do it so infrequently. I can never remember. Hey, you know what? Do you want to start doing every Monday? Yeah. Let's do them every Monday. All right. Let's just nail it down Monday. That way people can know when to listen to us. They can know when to ignore us because they're going to ignore us anyway. So every Monday we'll record and have it by Tuesday or whatever. All right. Perfect. But, um, the theme of this show, I said the NBA Wonderland. And not because the John Mayer song, Your Body's My Wonderland. <laughs> or, nah, because wow. like Alice in Wonderland, like everything's kind of topsy-turvy right now in the league. Like, you know, if let's say me and you talked at the end of last season and I said, hey, bro, I'm from the future. What would you say? Uh, um, when am I going to die? <laughs> and I say, that's not important. That's not important. I say the important thing is that this next season, the Kings at one point will be six and four. Mm-hmm. The Rockets at one point will be like four and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, right at the, the if right now the playoffs started about ten games in, the Kings, Clippers, and Grizzlies will be in the playoffs. The Jazz, Rockets, Wolves, Lakers will be out. Philly is not a top three team in the East. They they look very average. Everything is is nutty right now in the NBA. So. Um, I guess the thing, like, what do you, what's your take on the first couple of weeks? My take is that, uh, nothing is certain. Like everything that you expected to happen is not happening and things that you didn't, well, we knew this, like it's, it's my take is that it's a typical NBA season. Every, like every year, some teams come up. Remember last year, Orlando was on fire to start the season. They were like and 12 and three to start the season, something crazy like that. And they trail absolutely. off really quickly after that. So I'm not super surprised. This happens every year. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking there might be some trends that are sustainable. Like, honestly, I think the Kings might. I know I'm going to regret saying this. They might actually be decent. Um, De'Aaron Fox is legit, man. So 
I, I'm a little, I'm, I'm interested about that. I'm, I'm not so worried about like the Lakers woes, although there's now talk of like Luke Walton getting let go and all this stuff. Although I guess Magic just came out and said he's not, he's safe for this year. But well, let's all, let's stop right there yeah. real quick. Let's talk about let's, let's let me hit that one because well, like I think we both know once you start hearing front offices come out and backing mm-hmm. a coach, that's like probably when like that's like the danger zone, right? Yeah, it's the when they got to come out. When they got to come out and publicly say, hey, this is our guy, I mean, they're not they're only saying that because there's rumors of them getting fired, and there's only rumors of them getting fired because somebody drops a, you know what I'm saying, somebody leaks something. It doesn't just, nobody just manufactured that out of thin air, that magic dressed down Luke about the whole, you know, about, um, you know, they want to start seeing wins. Yeah. I guess the big the big thing is he wants to see some offensive structure, and there's not any, which is crazy though because the the Celtics, are, I mean the Celtics, the Lakers are like 12th in offense and like 23rd in defense. So that's where the problem really lies. Yeah, you know, you know what it is when the when the GM backs you publicly the first few weeks of the season, it's it's the ex girlfriend's name tattooed on your arm. Like people are like, dude, don't do it. Don't don't get your name. Ta- don't get her name tattooed on you. It's the kiss of death. It's inevitably going to happen. <laughs> Whenever you hear a GM like, no, 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 we've got him. He's he's our guy. It's going to it's not going to end well. Um, to your point, it is really weird that they're did you say they're better on offense than they are on defense, which is not surprising because LeBron is kind of like just phoning it in. Um, and what did they expect? I saw somebody else tweeted on on, on Twitter of all things. That uh, what what would you expect? This is LeBron James. This is what he does to teams. Like he plays his way. He's been doing it his entire career, and you have to adjust to him, not the other way around. So I don't know what they were expecting. Like, did you really think this was gonna like just everything was gonna come together with the young guys just like that, and they were gonna they were gonna figure it out? Come on. And I think the last couple of years in Cleveland should have been like, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of foretold this because we saw that, you know, the Cavs haven't been that great in regular seasons. They win games and right. whatever, but we, the last couple of years have been like that, right? Where they just, they, they're just, you know, LeBron could put up great individual numbers. The Cavs will struggle a little bit. He'll pout a little bit. They'll make some trades. And then the Cavs got together at the end of the season, you know, and, you know, in the playoffs, LeBron become playoff LeBron. I guess the thing now we're seeing is there's no Kevin Love to like supplement his scoring. Um, you know, there's not a lot of uh, I guess like quality vets because no matter what you say about Tristan Thompson, he's pretty good. He's a quality vet, you know. Yeah. Um, J.R. Smith filled a very specific role. Uh, so they had guys to to fill that. They're just not those guys now, you know. Um, so it's a it's a very interesting case study. Because I'm looking at some numbers, and right now LeBron, he's shooting the most threes of his career. He's shooting over five a game. He's shooting his worst percentage of his career at like 28%. Um, he's not getting to the free throw line. Uh, I think he's, let me see, second lowest free throw rate of his career. Um, he just, he's, the numbers look good statistically. Uh, but after being this super hyper efficient like machine the last few years, he's not quite that. And you know, I guess the talent around him kind of exacerbates it. So the question is, is this just a function of LeBron being in regular season form? Or is this like, are we start maybe starting to see the, the actual sign of maybe the decline of LeBron James? You know, it's a really good question. It's a really good question. And we know, like, we know he does this every year. Every year we come in and we're like, didn't we do the exact same thing last year? Oh my God, is this the, is this the beginning of the end for LeBron? And every single year we say, you know, at some point, we're actually going to be right. At some point, he's actually going to start to fall apart. 
Um, I think he doesn't really care anymore. He's never going to be, he knows he's not going to be, or maybe it's not anymore, but he doesn't care this season. He knows he's not going to beat the Warriors. He doesn't have the talent on that team. He doesn't have the talent on any team. Um, even so if he went to the Rockets. What, so what's his motivation this year then? So his motivation is like, it's outside of basketball. I fully believe that he's really more interested in like um, cementing his legacy, not not just as a basketball player, but as like a social advocate and and doing things good in the community and, and setting up his children for the future. So he's getting into all, his, you know, movies and he's he's thinking about a career beyond basketball. I really think that his focus has switched or shifted. Shifted it to just, a certain extent, and like, and I think you're nuts, dude. I, I gotta. I'm gonna, what? No, no, no. I'm serious. Well, this is my opinion. Go on. What do you think? I know. Well, I think I'm, I'm gonna do the old school and yell at Joe for a minute. Go no, ahead. I'm not gonna yeah. yell. No, but, no, it's fine. Go ahead. So, no, the Lakers just paid this man over thirty million dollars a year for four years. Wow, that was a really nice touch pass. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it was beautiful, right? Are you watching yeah. the game? Yeah, I just turned it on. Rosier just touch passed to who? Do you, who do you get? Um, but I was just saying that Braun, you know, the Lakers are paying him $30 million a year, mm-hmm. right? Or plus $30 plus million a year to play basketball. Um, he's still, even though he's not quite in his prime prime, you know, as, as HaHa Davis would say, he's not like, he's not LeBron LeBron, but he's still LeBron LeBron. He's not, he's not really, we haven't seen the decline start yet. It's going to come eventually, right? And we see it around – I think we see it around the edges right now. Like you said, the fact that he, like, now he really just doesn't play defense. And, you know, it's rare and far between. Um, little things. We see, like, the, the, the edges. He's not the superior all-around player every possession like he used to be. He's just not like that anymore. And that's, you know, it, that's part of it. But – um, I, Well, I mean, can you really I say – No, no, I just think it's, it's just – I think it's a little bit like we're, we're selling LeBron James, the basketball player, short – by saying he doesn't care anymore, and now he's worried about other stuff, and like like the basketball is in the background. That's no. I think we're doing him an injustice. One of the greatest players who ever played the basketball game. I, we I, would never say no, oh, no. We would never say that about Larry Bird at any point in their career. We never say that about uh, Magic or because that's just we respect them as greats. And like you know, what LeBron catches guff as a competitor, right? You know, for things like the Miami thing in 2011, and uh, supposedly giving up against the Celtics. But, I mean, to say that he's now playing for the next four years and doesn't care because he can't beat the Warriors, that just doesn't seem right. Well, I mean, I did throw out the qualifier there. It's not forever. I think for this year, he realizes that he doesn't have the talent on the team. So for this year, he's setting up things for the future while also, like, trying to get the team where he wants it to be. And you know how LeBron medals with his team. Like, he's he's going to—by trade deadline, dude, half the roster is not going to be there anymore. So I don't know. Maybe it's him coasting. And listen— I love LeBron. I think he is not, if not the best player of all time, he's definitely second. And uh, I, I don't think he's totally declined yet. I think it's just maybe a slow start and he's trying to figure out what he's got there. So I'm not trying to disrespect the man at all, as you're saying. I just think that like it's a combination of like he's thinking about the future and he's not That's really it. in it yet. I'm going to say it's it's not just you. I'm not aiming at you, but, but this is like a common sentiment. You know, people saying LeBron doesn't care about basketball anymore. Now it's about acting and getting his movies made. And and then he does stuff like, you know, after they lose to – who did they lose the other night? I think the the Blazers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to P. Diddy's party, you know, at the, after a loss. No, I'm sorry, when they got blown out by – um. <laughs> they got blown out by the Raptors without Kawhi. Oh, right. They got curb stomped. 
by like a billion by the Raptors without Kawhi, even though they made the game close to the end. But um, yeah, then afterwards he goes to beat like you know he goes to Baron Davis's party. So I get the optics aren't great. Yeah, you know, it's not great at all. They um, lost but seven to one twenty one. Yeah, go ahead. I think the big thing with LeBron James is that he's at the point, and you know, I think a lot of players like they look at uh, uh let me see how best word this. A guy like it's like okay, even Steph Curry right now and uh, Kevin Durant, their peers and, and the guys that they're playing against, like they're they know that they're being measured against you know uh, the other guys in the league, and even Steph might be considered one of the greatest point guards in the league, and you know eventually greatest players. But right now, KD knows he's being measured against the greatest scores in the league. LeBron James is is fighting, not fighting. He's being he's being compared to like history. His his ghosts aren't. It's bigger than just honestly championships with LeBron James. His legacy. So I don't know, man. Just to, I think he realizes his his humanity. Like he says, it's bigger than basketball. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I don't. I would hate to say that he doesn't like like. Well, yeah, I no, like we, it's it's fair. Like I, we're, feel we're, like I feel like we're selling him short when we we pull the uh, he doesn't care thing. He, it's a long season, so I, I agree with you there. And he's not really stressing about you know game to game stuff. Right. I mean, and I'm, he knows. Of course he cares. Of course he cares. But like you just said, it is. I think he wants his legacy to legacy to be something bigger than just basketball. So I think he also has that in mind. I think he does have both things in mind. I don't think you have to. So I, mean, I don't think either one's mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? What is that? What is going to Los Angeles do for that legacy? Wouldn't wouldn't if he stays in Cleveland and let's say cuts them like a little hometown discount and lets them bring in more players and like because you know they're not going to win a championship. But is his legacy better as? The guy who left and came back and then won a championship and then finished his career uh, building Cleveland basketball or going to Los Angeles as a free as a as a no a nomad free agent and doing what? You know, what I'm saying like what, what, which one helps his legacy more? Well, here's this. Think about this. By being on the Lakers, he has what the biggest market in the NBA, all kinds of merchandise he can sell, all kinds of. But he's, uh, he's already, he's already I understand. I get it. But listen, no, 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 wait, I have a point to make. He all this outside income he can be maximizing and and uh cashing in on right to to get enough money that maybe after he's done playing basketball he actually buys the cavaliers like he's talked about doing he might be able to do it so if you're talking about like if you're staying in cleveland he's worth so much money but if you move to los angeles he's worth a lot more money and now he's going to be able to i'm I'm not gonna i'm not buying that man we we just we see like Russell Westbrook's one of the biggest stars in the league, and he plays in Oklahoma City. I think in the new the new digital age that a guy's going to be – LeBron James is already the biggest name. And sure, I mean, I'm not saying it's not, it's not more in Los Angeles, but it's not like he had to go to Los Angeles to to, to, to capitalize on, on his name. No, no, that's, that's, my, that's fair. But he is – it's a lot more – like Hollywood is a lot more accessible. He can get his name in a lot more things, and he's right there. So I don't know, whatever. I think, you know, I think it's a business decision, to I, be honest with you, but – we should move off the LeBron James chatter because yeah, we we actually stand that <laughs> way too long. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk? About, gonna, what, go ahead. No, I was going to ask if you want to ask if you want to talk about the other couple of teams that you were speaking of NBA Wonderland, like the Kings. How 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 real do you think the Kings are? How real do you think the Clippers and the Grizzlies are? I think the Kings are this year's uh, Orlando Magic, where they started off really really hot, but their youth is going to catch up to them, uh, and then they're going to tail off a lot, but they're going to play hard. Fox is, you know, Fox is averaging, I think, 18 and 8 right now. That's not, I, that probably won't keep up. Um, 
we're seeing like Buddy Buddy Hield has proven that already before that he's a capable NBA scorer. They're doing this without uh, our boy uh, Bogdanovich. Yeah, because he's injured. Yeah, Bogdan. yeah. So Bogdan. he comes back. He'll help. Bogdan. Yeah, well, I know it's one of them. So when he comes back, he'll help a lot. Uh, but yeah, I think you know they're still young. They're playing with the energy. But again, it's a long season. Let's see how they look twenty games in. Yeah, I think they'll probably you know tail off and, and sputter a little bit. But it's nice to see them playing with energy. And not that same, like, oh, what was us with the Sacramento King losers mentality. So Yeah, for sure. They got guys up and running, and it's it's nice. I still don't believe in Marvin Bagley at all, but I think that team's – It's have you watched them yet? It's fun, man. Like, I, I've, tra- yeah. I've tuned into a few games, as particularly when the Sixers are, like, stinking and the Kings happen to be on the same night. <laughs> it's, yeah, Willie, Willie Colley Stein's a lot of fun. Um, Bagley's been a very pleasant surprise. You could not believe in him, but, like, he has size. He has – He's grabbing, he's grabbing, going, and bringing the ball to the floor. He can, he hit a three the other night. I'm, I'm, I mean, the guy has, he's talented. And yeah. def- even defensively, I saw him make a couple of nice, you know, he had a big block the other night. So maybe we, I'm not saying we were wrong and like the Kings were right, but I think once that pick happened, we people might have been a little too hard on uh, on our boy Marvin Bagley. All right. Well, I'm still I'm still erring on this side of caution. I mean, but they are using him in exactly the right way. They're running and running and running. And that's exactly how you need to use a guy like Marvin Bagley, who's not really like you want to get guys on the fast break into the rim. And that's that's what he's really good at. So, I mean, he he can shoot. He can shoot for sure. But I, I think it's a little inconsistent. I don't know. I just the best way, I think, to get a really young guy buckets and moving is just to keep it moving, like keep it moving. Get play fast and let him get to the rim and let him figure out the half court offense later. So good for them, man. They've they've been fun. Uh, the Clippers look good too. Any thoughts about um, that? Yeah, they're going to be a uh, a high floor, low ceiling team. They're going to play hard, play together. But I think the the bloom is already kind of off the rose on that one, right? They they won a couple games oh, early man. and they still look decent. But um, you know, the Thunder beat their heads in. Uh, they had another. I think I think. The Rockets might have smacked them around, like around the second time they played. So it's not their fault, you know what I mean? They, again, their best players are offensive players. Are what Tobias Harris and, and Gallinari, both really good players, who are better slated off as a second or third players on a good team. So it's not like you know, hey, they play hard, they play together, uh, but th- th- that only gets you so far. So yeah, they're fine, they're fine. But you know, they're going to probably be about a 500, maybe a little less team. I don't know if they make the playoffs. Um, so yeah, they're fine. All right. Yeah. I don't know. They're going to, they're going to be fighting for the eight seed, I think, but yeah, they're fun. At least they're, they didn't totally tank. They kept a competitive team together and they're rebuilding. So good for them. It, it, it is possible. It's just, it's a lot harder to do it that way. I think. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions and then I got a big one for you. Okay. Shoot. Go ahead. So this is the NBA bizarre world. There's some trends, and I want you to tell me if it's, you know, I guess real or fake uh, or, I don't know, whatever you want to say. So, right now, the Jazz, known as one of the stingiest defenses in the league for the last few years, and that's their hallmark, their trademark. They are 14th in defensive rating. Mm-hmm. Do you think that do you think that holds up, or do you is something going on there, or do you think, you know, as the season goes on, they're going to tighten it up? I think as the season goes on, they're going to tighten it up. I think, you know, there's maybe – Donovan Mitchell is having a little bit of a sophomore slump and he did get injured the other night and he came back. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think it takes time for guys to gel, although it's the same team. They ran it back, but 
I don't know, man. I think it's just the early season woes. I don't think there's a whole lot to be concerned about there. You still have Rudy Rudy Gobert anchoring you in the middle, and I, I think things are going to be fine. Yeah, I'm with you, man. And I, I've always said this, like, I've tweeted it very loudly and longly, and the, you got to give everybody about 15 games before you start passing judgment on what teams can do and what they are. For sure. Because some teams come out the gates just ready to roll, and they play above their heads. Some teams, you know, take their time and kind of, uh, you know, ease into the season, veteran teams. So they'll normalize after about 15 or 20 games. And so, yeah, right now, this is all, you know, there's some trends, I think. But, yeah, I'm not worried about the Jazz. I think last year they didn't really hit their stride until, like, halfway through the season. So Yeah, after Rudy Gobert got injured and then came back. Oh, man. Scary Terry just missed a massive dunk. Yeah, I thought he. I think I hurt. Thought he yeah. hurt himself just now. It was, uh, um, the second trend, like right last year, right, it's known that the Nuggets are not a defensive juggernaut. Yeah, I think they showed at times that they could, you know, be better. Oh my goodness! I'll tell um, you what, man. Watching them right now, their defense yeah. looks legit. Uh, really? Yeah, I mean, they've done some nice things. They cut that lead to what ten now. Uh, it's funny you say that because I'm watching. I'm seeing the, the exact opposite. Uh, Seems like the Celtics are getting almost anything they want. Um. Well, I mean, but they look was, like they're out and running more than they normally do. There you go. Well, forget it. <laughs> all right. Well, what I was going to say is that right now they are actually second in defensive rating. Uh, these are all the, all these numbers are from NBA uh, for BasketballReference.com. Um, they're second in defensive rating, uh, and that's with you know again, Jokic plays a lot of minutes, mm-hmm. and we know he's kind of a lead, he's got a lead foot. He plays like he like his feet are in bedpans, but you know they're second in defensive rating. So what does that tell you? It tells me it's the early season. <laughs> it's early season, and things will so will come down to the, they'll what's the they'll normalize. They mm-hmm. will re, they will uh, come back to the mean. I don't I don't I don't think. I mean the way it looks right now, they'll probably stay around middle of the pack. I would think. Starting out second in the in the NBA in defense is, you know, it's it shows you something. I don't know if they can sustain it. It's still the Nuggets, and they're not known for their defense. They have a really good offense, but. Uh, with Jokic, like I apparently he's doing much better on the defensive end this year as well. But he's still, like you said, he looks like he's got two feet in the bedpans. Um, but at the other end of the spectrum, the Charlotte Hornets, with even though Kemba's been bonkers, he's been really good this year. He's been like it's him and a bunch of guys, right? It's like Robin Hood and his yeah. band of merry men. They are second in offensive rating behind the Warriors which blows my mind I can't understand how that happened that is certainly not going to hold up I I can't see because listen I watched them play the Sixers the other night and when it came to crunch time Kemba shot the last eight the last eight shots I think he didn't pass it to anyone he just went ham and uh they lost so I can't understand how they're second in offensive rating. It blows my mind. I mean, Kemba Walker is an amazing player. He's really crafty with the ball. He's fearless going inside. He can he can create his own shot and for anybody on in the court, man. Like he's awesome. But I just don't understand how that. He's like a he's like he's sort of like um, Allen Iverson light. But I can't see how that translates in the second offense, second overall offensive rating. That that blows my mind. What do you what do you think? Let me ask you this, and this question was circulating around Twitter, and I'm going to ask you, because for the longest, John Wall was considered a top five point guard. And somewhere, maybe this summer, maybe Are last year. Are we talking top two, five in weight? Because <laughs> he's well, really no, no, let's be real. Last few years, we, it's all been considered, hey, Steph, Russ, Chris Paul, and then John Wall has been around the outside, right? Right. But that's all it's always been considered. Well, this year, 
I saw somebody, I think, did I make the poll? So I made a poll. Do you want Kemba or John Wall? And and Kemba, like, won convincingly. Yeah. I mean, who so, would you take? Like, I would, you know, the thing is, James, I think the, the thing is that the, the, the news is out on John Wall, basically. Like, it's not only that, or first of all, he came into the season talking about, like, this is my day job. I get to go out and do whatever I want at night. And that's fine. He's not true. He's not wrong. But if you want to be great at your craft, you you work on it all the time. This is why I, I suck at my job because I want to come home and I want to talk to my wife, not stay at work all day long. <laughs> but like, so, if you want to be the best of the best, you don't, you don't take days off. And he's... I mean, that's not I, true though. That's not true. We gotta we gotta stop doing this as athletes. We gotta stop doing this. They're humans. They're people. Sure, we want them to be the best. We want them to you know we want them to live, sleep, eat, and breathe basketball. And that's just not realistic, man. Wait, it's just wait, not wait, realistic. Wait. I'm not saying I want them to do it. Don't get me wrong. I I fully I fully listen. I just said the same thing about myself. I fully understand and and respect a person's need to have their own time. That's perfectly fine. But if you're acting like you're going to be like a top five point guard in the league and going out every night, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's it's if you value your own life more than more than basketball, that's perfectly fine. Totally on board. But be honest about it. But see, it's not that it's not it's not that simple, man. It's not like just it's just like he gets killed for going out and he's like, well, I mean, I got time off. I want to go out sometime. He's young. He's, he's under 30. He's, he's a multimillionaire. It's summertime. What's he supposed to do? No, but I mean, he's talking about going out during the season, not summertime. He's he, talking about again, after games. If they're, oh, yeah. if they're in New York. They're in LA. They're Miami. What is he supposed to do? It's fine, dude. It's his right. It's his life. It's fine. But you can tell he's not really taking that great care of himself. He doesn't have that spring. He doesn't have that bounce. <laughs> he's obviously up a few pounds. And like, I don't know, dude. He's a little tubby. It's yeah. true. But, um, <laughs> he's a little tubby. So, uh, he my... looks slow. He looks overweight right now. I mean, for, you know, a guy who's, what, 6'5 and, like, built like a brick shit house, he's <laughs> he's a little overweight. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his anyway because, like, again. Um, well, that was what said... I was going to say, too, by the way. Sorry. And I lost my thread. But the, 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 the news is out on John Wall. It's not just that he wants to be. Like, have his own life, and that's fine. That's great. But it's also that he's not happy in the locker room, and he causes problems. Like, he doesn't get along with anyone. Of course people are going to take Kemba Walker, who all he does, even if he does go out at night, he doesn't talk about it. Even if he's like, you know, he seems to get along fine with all of his teammates, even though they're less, I mean, they're not as good as the people that John Wall has around. He has no problem, like, getting along with them and, like, leading the team like you're supposed to. As I think the word to describe John Wall is surly. He seems like he's really surly. Um, he feels like he's, you know, disrespected or underrated as a player. Since him the day he Beal, got to the league, yeah. Right. Him and Beal don't quite, even though I think him and Beal might be okay, but I know Otto Porter, like him and Beal are kind of trying to gang up on Otto Porter right now about the shots. So it's like he really wants, he's he's being, I think he's kind of being stubborn, right? He's like, this is me. I'm going to do this my way. I'm the face of this franchise. You know, he doesn't like the fact that, you know, like he said it last year or a couple years ago, I never had a billboard, and you guys are putting up billboards for Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's he has a point. Like that's that's you know that's weird. But um, yeah, man. Um, I mean, it's that, it's it's tough because like I wasn't a fan of John Walls to begin with when he came out of college and he was in the league, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's so great." I'm like, "Now nah, he's just fast. He can't shoot for shit." 
um, and he's selfish. But after a couple of years, he really started to pay attention to his defense. He really started to pay attention. Like, he's an amazing passer. His best attribute is the fact that he can pass so well. He sees the court really well. Um, and when he wants to, he can play lockdown defense. He just doesn't seem like he gives a shit. And he seems like he's really not happy with his teammates. So it's, you know, it, it just... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that it's not, it, this is a case of things are just bad in Washington. I think it's, yeah. it's stagnant. Right, him and Bill have been together for six, five, six years now. Dude, that core's been. What's up? Five point lead. Did you see the Murray shot just rattle it? Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I didn't. I shouldn't have told you to turn the game on. Um, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, but what I'm saying is that I mean, oh my God, Jamal Murray's on fire right now. Yeah, he is. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just I think. Uh, Doc Rivers said it best. He's like, so, you know, every, he said sometimes a, a team just has a shelf life, and and he's like, he, he said like it's funny because Doc said this like two or three years ago about mm-hmm. his uh, about his uh, Wizards, not Wizards, his Clippers teams. He said two three years ago like, hey, you know, we're about to reach our shelf life, and then the team went on two more years, and that's you know, I think the Clippers they they were stale. They they you know they kind of reached their that's they, they they are who they are. They plateaued. They're not going to get better. They kind of don't get along. And that's where we are with Washington, I think. You know, they're just not a good fit personality-wise. And you can see it. They don't like to play with each other, right? Right. You can just kind of tell Washington. They don't like playing with each other, you You know? know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Of course. You know, the thing is, if we keep talking about this, we're going to go down the whole path of, like, what do they do now? Yada, yada, yada. We should move on because this could turn into a Washington Wizards podcast. What they should do now is is, – Oh, come on. What they should do now is trade uh, Beal for what they can, trade Otto Porter for what they can. I don't know if you can get off that wall contract. That's if you thing. can trade That wall contract doesn't even kick in until next year. That's right. that's an albatross. So the, he's, yeah, he's going to be making like $46 million, you know, in like another four or five years. So whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, first things first, though, Scott Brooks has got to, it's going to go. I don't think he should. He's a nice guy, but yeah. that's, that's where it always starts, right? So I think Scott but, um, Brooks would be an excellent coach on the bench, like a second head coach, second guy down the bench. I think he would be an I, excellent assistant. I think he'd be great for a really young team um, that needs, uh, you know, a lot of encouragement and positive affirmation, and yeah. and because he, he's a he's a per, he's like a uh, he's a, a players coach, right? And I think a team like the Wizards is just you know with Wall is such a strong personality, they they're struggling, right? It, I think that Scott Brooks can't really do his thing with that team. So oddly enough, it's um, the same thing we both say about Billy Donovan. Like he's just not the personality to get the most out of Russell Westbrook. I'll take that. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. So, what else you got for me? I don't know. What else do we have? We had some other stuff. Oh, oh, you ready? Yeah. This I'm is the ready. big question. Let's go. This is the big question. Um. So the well, we already talked enough about the Kings. Um. So Philly, six and five. Yeah. Very. <laughs> uh. That that last loss was absolutely horrendous. Horrendous. He's, they still have not won a road game. Right. That that last loss was absolutely horrendous. I've never seen so many. Um, Embiid had five turnovers. Simmons had five turnovers. Covington had five. Your boy Muskie, Muskie off the bench had four. All in all, Who I think it was like Muskie? 20. 
Muscala. Oh, God. Yeah. That's his nickname. Yeah. I think Muscala. all in all, there was like tw- nine turnovers 30. in the first quarter. Yeah. And how many? There was like 30 turnovers. Not maybe that many, but there was. No, it was like 27. It was like 27. Yeah, 27. It, was it was like 27 turnovers for the game. That's. And, then, <sighs> and that, was the, that was the Nets, right? Yeah, it was against the Nets. Yeah, the, the Nets scored like 38 points off of those turnovers. Like, that's huge. Yeah, it's gigantic. I mean, it was second and, night of a back-to-back, but still, I think the Nets were on a second night of a back-to-back too. So, what the fuck? Here's what the, um, what, what's the problem? All right, so there's there's a number of problems. The problem is they don't have any wing depth. Uh, with t- Wilson Chandler being injured and just slowly, slowly, slowly making his way back, um, it's 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 not good to not have a wing defender out there. So you have Ben Simmons who can't or will not shoot outside of five feet. And when he is shooting outside of five feet, I think he's, he's at like 29% from the field. Can you, can you actually, can you, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit last year and you were, you were basically, it's a problem, isn't it? Do you agree? It's a problem. It's a problem that he won't take them because if you don't take them, even if you can't make them, if you're not taking it, nobody respects it. They don't have to, they do not have to honor that shot. So what do they do? Everyone plays in the paint. Everyone plays down around the basket because they don't have to worry about Ben Simmons shooting. They don't have to worry about Mark Helfold shooting. They don't have to worry about Dario Sarge shooting because Dario is playing like shit and should be benched. I love Dario. When Dario is prime Dario, he's an incredible player. But you know what? They got to stop him from playing overseas next year because he's exhausted. He hasn't had any time off during the entire summer. Dude, it's, it's like force him to sit force him to take a vacation to work on shooting to work on like Here's his lateral problem. movement you know you know you know they can't do that right I as know. per the i know yeah. it sucks <laughs> and it's funny. Do, it. do you listen to your boy spike eskin over at uh yeah of course right so ricky sanchez all the time right so so yeah i mean I, I'm, i've become I, I started listening to playoffs last year because i, I love to listen to like he was having like a, a existential crisis as a celtics kicked their teeth in yeah. uh in philly we it was amazing. Working. No, stop it. So, hey, hey any listeners, uh, at Spike, I think it's in it, at Spike underscore Eskin, E-S-K-I-N-E. Uh, uh, no, I think it's just Spike, at Spike Eskin. People who listen okay, to the rights of the they'll know. Either way, just Google Spike Eskin and uh, check him out on the pod. It's a lot of fun. Um, and also, go back and listen to the uh, – uh-oh. Uh, I just turned back on the, the – oh, oh, no, Russ just went down. Oh, what? Oh, he just rolled his ankle. Oh. Ooh, he rolled good. Oh, my God. That was a good roll. Anyway, three-point game. Go ahead. What were you saying? Um, okay. Um, yes, I was saying that, uh, yeah, Spike mentioned that that the, the issue of, One point uh, I guess, Dario thinks that, you know, playing all the time keeps him ready. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's good. Yeah. But yeah, it looks like he has dead legs. Um, yeah, dude, he he sh- no his, shot, his shot is completely flat. He's n- He's not getting... Any like the the thing that really that Dario really excels at besides his passing because he doesn't really get to do it on a team with uh, Ben Simmons as much but he really excels at offensive rebounds and he's just he's got dead legs his shots are all coming out flat and he's not getting those rebounds and if he's not doing that if you can't get Dario moving and he can't get shots by creating and by like you know moving around in the paint and and uh, pivoting a million times he he's. He's not he's really. Like, he's a he's a ne- negative on the court because people just everyone is just going right at him because he's too slow he, to defend anyone and everyone as soon as he gets switched on him they just drive right to the bucket. It's it's it's. Is bad. he part of the core? 
Is he the core? Can't why? Why didn't they? He, uh, he, I mean, he was he was very movable the last couple of years. Listen, I love Dario, and I think I still think that Dario can be one of your core four, possibly. If not, he could be your ultimate sixth man. But right now, he really needs to be moved to the bench. And this is saying nothing, nothing about Markel Fultz, who has completely changed the offense, who has completely changed the, the all of the flow they had with this team. If I were the Sixers, if I was Brett Brown right now, I would just move Dario to the bench. Let Markel Fultz and J.J. Redick start together with Ben Simmons. Let Ben play the power wow. forward on defense and let him handle the ball. But, like, actually maybe even move him a little bit more off the ball because Markel Fultz is really only effective when he has the ball in his hands. Markel Fultz also, by the way, is, is just, like, not, not good. He's not good, and I'm pretty sure he's never going to be good. So wow. <laughs> I'm just like he shows he shows flashes of being good, but man, he's not going to get there. He's just not. He's he gave just, up on already, man. Yeah, he's not smart enough. I'm just wow. I'm saying it right now. I'm putting it out there. Markel Fultz is going to be a bust. He's not smart enough to figure it out, and I feel bad because I'm sure he's a nice kid. And I want oh, him to succeed. Oh, oh. Where do you get this? Where do you get the not smart enough thing from? Just watch him. Just watch him. Just listen to him talk. I don't know. He's just, I said it from day one. He's not very bright. He's a very good kid. He's a, I mean, he, I see, he seems like he's like just a really big hearted, warm guy. And like everyone loves him and that's fine. But I don't think he gets the game of basketball on a cerebral level. And I'm just like, I think, he's, I think he's too impressionable clearly by the, uh, his shot being all goofed up and, I, I I'm I just I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, I want him to be. Are great, you gonna, He's never gonna be. Are you gonna call Danny Ainge Papa Ainge? I, no, but I am gonna call Colangelo a fucking idiot. He, he <laughs> made he made Philly he made Philly His, their sons. I know, but that's I know, true. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, listen. I'm super happy Colangelo is out of there. Um, and I'm glad they. I'm glad he fucked up when he did because it would only get worse. He would only start throwing things out the window. Look what he did in the small the short amount of time he's been there. He took all of their assets that Hinky had acquired and just blew them up. Anyway, we didn't want to talk about the Sixers the whole time, but there's a plethora of reasons they're not good right now. You can you um you want to read my tweet on air? Sure. Your tweet I says Philly's toward yeah. run to end the season last year was predicated on the shooting of Bellinelli and Ilyasova. They combined to shoot over 10 threes a game and hit 39% of them. Philly closed at 23 and 5 with them. Will they find enough shooting this season? So, I, there's two. Do things. you know? Oh, do you understand how much shit I caught for that tweet? <laughs> yes. You understand I, how many fucking dickhead Philly fans <laughs> were like, "You don't know what the fuck you're talking about." No, those I mean, guys, those guys didn't. They aren't. One's gonna ever told me they're not even needle movers. Uh, I mean, the best three point shooters on the team are Sarich and and Covington. So why the fuck do you even bring those two guys well, up? Reddick, and I'm like, Reddick and Covington. Oh yeah, Reddick and. Yeah, Redick and uh, and Covington and Sarge. So why even bring those two guys? They they both sucked on defense and they were only there part time. So I don't know what. I listen. And I just I said this from the start. They were going to miss Ilyasova because Ilyasova brings things besides just the three point shooting. He's a he's a he's a team guy and he does a lot of the little things. Like he takes charges all the time. He's he's the best at taking charges. In fact, maybe or second best somewhere around there. Ilya Sova really fit well with that team. He fit really well alongside Embiid. He did it the time he was in Philly before, before he came back last year. I thought they might miss Ilya Sova a little bit. Bellinelli got hot for a while and there was hitting threes. Yes, they missed their three-point shooting. But to blame the fact that they're 6-5 and five on losing those two guys, I still disagree. 
They just well, you understand. No, no, I'm not no, no, blaming yeah, them. Yeah, they lost some shooting for sure, I, and they did not replace it. I absolutely agree with that. That's it. That's all I'm saying. By the way, I do want to comment and uh, what was I going to say? Um, not congratulate you. I was going to admire your Ramones shirt. Are you a Ramones fan? Yeah, I like the Ramones. All right, cool. It's a good shirt. I'm a you know. So my my main thing though is um, it's definitely not like the problem, but things can cascade. So you lose spacing, and all of a sudden Ben Simmons is not roaming quite as free. Um, that means that the pass lanes just quite you know aren't as there. It'll throw the timing of your offense off. Um, add that to Sarge maybe having dead legs. So there's a lot of issues. It's not you know I'm not blaming the shooting, but it's definitely part of it. You know what I'm saying? Think, if, I do think just like everything else, it's going to normalize. It'll it'll level out. But they need to get more shooting. They need to have Markel Fultz learn how to absolutely hit because some your shots. boy Embiid Embiid has been a beast this year. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I heard people saying, oh, whose team is it? I, I think that's a silly question. It's obviously Joel Embiid's team. Yeah. Ben Simmons is, you know, definitely the, the Robin to Embiid's, you know, Superman, not even Batman is Superman. Uh, so, like, yeah, it's, it's it's weird to see people try to ask questions like, you know, whose team is it? Um, but, yeah, the fact that Embiid's playing the way he is and, you know, things are turning out the way they are, it's just, you know, it's – it's it's, uh, it's weird. It's I mean, weird. and and in order, like you you already hit on it. In order for Ben Simmons to really be effective, you need more shooting. Like he, you know, and B can stretch the floor a little bit, but he's not. I think he's hitting it like thirty two percent from from three, yeah, which isn't great. Well. Not, you don't want him there shooter. anyway. You want him in the mid range, and you want him really posting up. You want him taking guys down to the rack, and that's it. He's a beast. Um, but in order for him to be effective, like either Ben Simmons needs to find his shot and start shooting, at least just shooting to make the guys honor that shot, even if you're not going to hit them. I mean, after a while, guys will just sag off anyways, but still, like, <laughs> you actually have to make them fear that you're going to be able to take that shot. You hit a couple, that's going to change the game. Um, Man, do you know? Do you understand Do you understand how great Jason Tatum would look with Ben Simmons yeah, and Yeah, I know. NBA? I think about this every fucking day. I'm going to be honest. This is for all you Celtics fans out there. I think daily about how great – Jason Tatum would look on a team with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. It would be so nice. Or even even if it wasn't Jason Tatum, if it was Donovan Mitchell, it would look really nice on this team. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Let's let's move on. Oh, We've well, talked Paul's... way too long about the Sixers. Nah, man, that's your squad. I like talking about your squad because I know I can hear the pain in your voice. That makes me feel good. It's fine. It'll it'll, it'll level out. It'll equalize. Eventually, they're gonna fit figure it out. But I'll tell you one thing: they do need to find some consistency. And by starting Markel Fultz in the first half and starting JJ Redick in the second half, I don't fucking understand it. And it it's not consistent. You need to get your guys the rhythm. Like part of the reason I think Dario is off, and part of the reason JJ Redick is off is because. They're they're constantly being jerked around in the starting rotation, or or at least I feel like that's part of it. I don't I don't know. I think it affects both of them more than uh, people probably let on. So what do you you don't what do you you don't agree with the the uh, the thought that all right? So you're going to sacrifice a few wins now for the long term health of the franchise by getting Markel Fultz acclimated. And it makes it, and not even yeah. get him acclimated, but like I guess here's the thing: like you, you already give up on Markel Fultz. Well, that's what I was gonna say. To my answer right? to this but, is, if I believed in Markel Fultz at all, the player, I would, I'd be fine with it. But I just but you don't do see understand. It I, yeah, I mean, you I have understand to understand it. 
you understand the franchise itself can't do that. They like they they invested this a pick in this kid. They got to see what he what he is. Right? I'm not saying bench him. I'm saying start him on the like. I, I, I'm not. Well, I'm not saying don't play him at all. I'm saying like bring him like make him your sixth man. Bring him off the bench first. Like or 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 either that or start him in the second half too. Like you can't. He's had a couple really nice games where his defense looked a lot better. He was really active and and going to the rim. There was that one game against uh, the Clippers, I think it was, where he saved that game for them in the third quarter. It was great, but you need to give him consistent minutes. You need to like you can't jerk his minutes around like that's it's it's just not conducive to building like a confident uh, winning player. I think bringing him off the bench would also not be conducive, right? You draft this kid number one, and then now you got to come off the bench. It's not showing a lot of faith in him. I agree that if you're going to start him in the first, just go ahead and start him in the third too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, I can't think of so, another right. time this has ever happened. But go on. Uh, it happened to Gordon Hayward. They're doing it right now with Gordon Hayward. Uh, he'll start like he started in the first half, and then like they'll they'll start the second with Baines because they because they want to keep his minutes down. Um, but that's a so, different yeah. story than than not starting him because you don't have confidence in his game or because he can't play. He doesn't play in the fourth quarter. He never plays to close the game. Anyway, go on. We're moving on. I mean, that's it. I, I just wanted to. I wanted to like. I wanted you to pour your heart out so I can giggle and glee about your. <laughs> I just fucking did. misery after we after we the Celtics smacked you around. Yeah. Uh, Everyone smacks them around on the net. Yep. You know. If they're not at home, they get smacked around. So it's not good. Not not a good look. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> what so, else you got? Uh, you want to do? Yeah, I think let's do the Twitter questions. You sure? You don't want to talk about like? Yeah. Any, all right. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about yeah, no, no, oh yeah, we do have a couple more things. Real quick, then, um, what was that? Uh, Players to watch and worry about. Yeah, I don't know what I called it. We got to call come up with a cool name for that segment, whatever. Whatever, just like over the last few weeks, right? Season started. Who has been one of your favorite players to watch? Uh, well, we already touched on both of mine. Uh, <laughs> I was I was really into Darren we'll do this Fox. Quick. We'll do it quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll do it quick. Darren Fox was my player that, like, man, he's been really good. Uh, actually, it's not just him. There's a number of players of all places on the Knicks. Um, they're all playing really – I mean, they're they're not winning, but they're playing so – like, they're playing some really fun brand of basketball. Them and the and the, the Kings are both doing the same thing. But De'Aaron Fox is a lot of fun to watch. I think he's legit. I think he's going to come around uh, – Sooner than later, and I think he's going to make people believers. The the person I obviously was worried about was Dario, and we already talked about him. How about yours? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, it's funny. I did a poll about you know, say who you want long term right now, Fox or Alonzo Ball, and the 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 vote was overwhelmingly Fox. I was shocked because I know how a lot of people feel about you know Zoe and his his thing that don't show up in the box score, but yeah. Fox has been a consummate point guard, and he's like a huge positive. He's averaging like nineteen and seven. Yeah. So he's, yeah, the kid could play. Um, who am I to? Oh, uh, so I get it. He doesn't play a lick of defense. I get it, but I have a not, not like Jamal Crawford type scores. Sixteen points a game is nice. Your boy Zach Levine has been putting up like twenty seven points a game in Chicago, and he's been doing it efficiently. He's hitting he's hitting threes. He's getting to the rim. He's hitting mid range shots. He um he's a gun. He doesn't have a really good feel for an offense as far as when to pass and when to do stuff, but the guy's going to get buckets and he's doing it right now. Um, and it's fun. So that's my player to watch, man. Totally. Um, and he's like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I've seen him a couple of, of bulls games, man. He's, he doesn't look like he's um, suffering from that, that what was it? An MCL or was it an MCL tear? 
Uh, whatever. He tore ACL, some shit. ACL yeah, he blew his knee. Something. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's suffering at all. He's got all his spring and all his step, and he's he can still shoot the lights out. He's a lot of fun. I was I'm pleasantly surprised by his offensive game. His defense still sucks, but I mean, oh, he's bad. What do you, you know? Want, what? Here's the what thing you about want that. on that team. Uh, yeah, well, you want defense, but um. If I was going to say I was wor- um, the guys I'm worried about, it's actually a tie. Gordon Hayward, um, I guess the foot soreness is like a thing, right? It's like his ankle soreness, like he's dealing with it every night. It's not just like – I guess it'll get better. I mean, he just snaps his leg in half. But, like, yeah. I- I'm worried about that cumulative- cumulatively over the season. And Jalen Brown sat the other night with uh, with a foot issue, like some kind of plantar f- uh, fasciitis. 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 Uh, issue and it's even though it's not plantar fasciitis, it's something akin to that. And he has to change his orthotics and his shoes. Like you know, foot things give me the heebie-jeebies. And yeah. so hearing Jalen worry about his foot at his young age, at this young stage of career, it's, it worries me. So yeah, no, seriously. Like, well, you know, the good thing is if it's like plantar fasciitis or something, you can actually correct it by wearing the proper shoes. I think, and you can you know change your habits maybe a little bit. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Um, no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> but but, but it, that was terrible. Oh, my God. Uh, don't but, you dare cut that. Yeah, no, I'm leaving it in. I leave all the stupid things I say in. Um, no, but I mean, like, it, if they catch it before it, gets, it, before it gets advanced, then that's good. But, yeah, I agree with you. Foot things can be very bad, and they can linger. Um, the Gordon Hayward thing, man, I wouldn't worry about it so much. I think it really is just going to take some time for his body to get back right. I mean, like, he literally snapped his fucking leg. It it was gruesome. That was one of the most gruesome. That and Paul George's freaking injury. Uh, was, I know. It's like, ugh. You ever seen Sean Livingston's? Sean yeah, Livingston. yeah. Sean Livingston's was, oh, God. All right, let's stop oh, talking about sick. this. All right, whatever you do, people, do not look these things up online <laughs> unless you want nightmares. Let, yeah, unless you got a strong stomach, don't knock uh, Google. Sean Levinson's knee turned to like a fucking taco. Oh, all right, let's stop. All right, let's stop, 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 stop. Your, right, your so, leg is not uh, supposed to bend that way. Let's run through some Twitter questions real quick. All right. Um, all right. You, didn't put our home, you didn't put our homeboy's name on it, man. I know, I the forgot. First Timothy Bucher. Butcher, sorry. Do it every fucking time. <laughs> Timothy, he has a hope bunch of questions, you. but let me ask I you. Hope he meets you. I hope, I hope he meets you and slaps the shit out of you for getting his name wrong. <laughs> he should. He should. He's going to – we're going to hang out at some, to- at some point when he gets to Brooklyn. Um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he asks, has LeBron's interference with the front office over the years inhibited him from being as successful as he could have been to varying degrees in Miami, L.A. and Cleveland? He has pushed for draft picks, free agent signings, extensions and trades that have proved costly, restrictive failures, have proved costly, restrictive failures. Yeah. What do you think? Has his meddling affected his teams? I mean, if they don't resign, uh, Tristan Thompson, they don't win the championship. Yeah. Right? He's a part of that. So you can say what you want. That was, you know, and then I think JR got paid the following year off of his performance to keep him back together again. And JR but, was really instrumental in them winning the championship. It was fucking good. He was on the floor. He was on the floor in that game when they won. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. People forget he was actually in the game. So, I mean, it's easy to say this, did his meddling. But when you have a player of LeBron's caliber, there was no time you know, Cleveland screwed up the first time. Yeah. Sure, they I think up LeBron the second did. time too. By the way, <laughs> uh, well, no, they got it. Look, they got the championship, man. We can say what we want to say. Yeah, yeah. they this won is the a conversation for another day. They won the championship in the age of Golden State. 
Sure, before KD got there, but Golden State won seventy two games and they beat them. So we can say what they want to say, but that's yeah. I no, get it. I mean, I mean, they just didn't set themselves up for post LeBron is all. But anyway, because moving on, moving on. It's not about post LeBron. It's about when LeBron's here, we have a chance to get to the finals and win. And if that's what we're trying to do, then we need to make sure we give LeBron every tool he needs to get us where we got to get. Something. So, totally. so. I, I, so you could call it meddling. I can call LeBron saying, hey, my first time here in Cleveland, never again. You know, I, I don't want it to be like that again where you're giving me, uh, uh, what's his name? Donnie, Daniel Marshall. And you're giving me, you know, oh, man, my, uh, hey, our boy Russ couldn't walk to the locker room. They were showing he was being, like, basically carried and he was, you know, he's, Russ is like a tough guy. He was, he was in visible pain. That that's, sucks. That's not good. It's not good at all. Um, Let me say this about about LeBron and his meddling. I, like I agree with you. You got to get him help. You got to get him what he needs to win the championship because he's LeBron and the window closes. Whether by him ultimately slowing down or by him leaving your team, whatever he's there for a limited amount of time, right? I don't think LeBron is a very good scout of talent. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe you either needed somebody who had a better idea of what was going to help him win or hey, Let me ask you this. Do you ahead. think hold on, do you think they actually like hey LeBron, who do you want to get? And he's like go get this guy. Do you think I, they really did that? I I do believe part of that happens, yes. I believe you I ask think... I believe you ask the best player in the world's fucking opinion about who he wants on his team. Yes. I think that I just, actually happens. I think I think what happens is that, like they know, hey, we need a rebounder. We need a scorer. And they and they go out and get the best one, and they might have a deal in place and run it by LeBron. And would LeBron say, "Hell no, don't bring that guy here"? Sure, I, but I think for the most part, they just kind of floated by him, and he's like, "Hey, man, I just want to win." That sounds, you know, that. Uh, it, it I like. I think LeBron has a little bit more control than that. I, I, that's I mean, just what it's, I suspect. It's, it's, it's control. It's the same control of uh, of a, of like you know. It sounds to, to stay with the king metaphor. You know what the king wants. All right, the king, you know, he doesn't want, uh, I don't know, he doesn't like grains or he doesn't like wheat and he doesn't like. So So you, he doesn't tell you what to bring him specifically. But, I mean, hey, look at the numbers. We need a score. Go get a score. LeBron, we're thinking about doing this move. Um, you know, you have any input. And I, and I think unless the answer is hell no, I don't know, man. It's it's semantics, I guess, because obviously when you're you have the power of LeBron James, yes, you have the, you have kind of your whole sway over the franchise. Yeah, you know sure. what I mean. So, oh, um, nice ball movement there. Um, well, Tim has a couple other questions too. Since we since we want to get off the LeBron topic, because this is going to be the LeBron episode. Uh, Let's run. <laughs> all right, who is a player or players you'd like to find you like, but find it hard because their fans overhype them and make it unbearable. It's funny because I know he asked this because of my uh, that's this is where my indifference to uh Jokic comes from. <laughs> Cuz he's really good, man. I get it. Yeah, it's just he's really uh, good. It's so annoying, man. It's so annoying like just people trying to sh- shove him down your throat as a top 5 player or top whatever player. It's pretty annoying. So um who's a player like that? Jokic's definitely my guy. Yeah, my, I, my, I can't. I can't go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say mine is Devin Booker easily. I'm so already sick of the Devin Booker hype. Yeah, he's a really good player. Really? He's a really good offensive player. He's he's fun to watch, and he's he's what? Well, what what hype are you hearing for Devin Booker? Oh my god, dude! Every fucking Suns fan is like Devin Booker, Devin Booker, Devin Booker. Like, shut I mean, up. All five of them? What do you want? What do you want? This five Suns fan? <laughs> yeah, to do? those five people drive me nuts. And then at the same time, like, I mean. 
that's if he played for your team, you would love him because the guy's he's a he's a prime time scorer. Yeah, he is. So. I'm t- well, look, it's not that I don't like the guy. I'm, it's not that I don't think he's an amazing player. The question was, what players do you find it hard to like because of their fans? I'm telling you, what players I find it hard to like because of their fans. I'm sorry, <laughs> Devin Booker is just like he's awesome, but he's he's not gonna take your franchise to a championship without some help. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Hey, you just said you just said the same thing that no player is going to do except for LeBron James, and even he can't do it by himself. So that's yeah, true. That's true. Good, good for you. Um, I'm trying to think of another player like that. Um, that's how I was with John Wall. Like I said, I was a hipster John Wall. Uh, I guess critiquer because I never was in on John Wall, and then all his fans would tell me how you know there was a few Wizards fans who followed me, and they would tell me how great he was and mm-hmm. best player in the you know second best player in the East behind Bron. I'm like, dude. What are you talking about? So, um, Chris Paul is another one. Like, I get it. He's so efficient. He's great. But, you know, somebody said he is, you know, he's really the best point guard ever. And what are you talking about, dude? Magic Johnson exists. <laughs> Steph, Steph Curry exists. Like, no. Yeah. We just want pure point guard. I don't give a fuck about a pure point guard. Shut up. So, that's fair. And actually, you know, he actually makes himself really, Chris Paul really makes himself unlikable. But anyway, another question. Um, at P P Dunk P U Dunk I don't know P E A U D U N K How do you say that? Po Dunk oh. Po Dunk Hey oh, Po Dunk at Po Dunk Does Jason K get a job in the NBA in the next two years? Fuck no. What do you say? Jesus. Um, I saw I thought I saw a headline saying you know this is from one of the respected NBA guys uh, talking about. If Luke Walton gets canned, somebody to keep your eyes on are Jason Kidd. Yeah, and... I think they might have been trolling people. <laughs> no. What's other guys? Oh, Mark, Mark Jackson. You know, and yeah. you know what? That's, those are the kind of guys that, that, like, I think LeBron James, like, he wants a veteran, quote unquote, hard nosed coach if that's what happens next. So. I, I don't think so, though. I think a lot of teams, especially with the success that the Bucks are having now, um, you know, it's it's no secret. Jason Kidd just did not really maximize what he had there. So uh, uh, probably not. I don't think yeah, so. I, I think I again, just in the same way that the uh, the news is out on John Wall, I think the news is out on uh Jason Kidd, he's not a good coach. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, by the way, oh man, the Nuggets are the Nuggets are really good. Are they busting the Celtics' butt right now? It's, it's tied, and there was a Paul oh. Millsap signing. I uh, citing. Sorry, I cited him. Um, okay. Also, Mikaelie Ice. Uh, if you have to pick one specific season of a TV show to watch forever, which show and which season would you pick? Oh, that's tough. Yes. One specific season of a TV show. I saw that question float across. I didn't really pay attention to it. Um, Friends season two. That's it. Ew. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you know about my aversion to Friends. Yeah, I know. I know about it. It's part yeah, in part Friends why I said it. Friends and Seinfeld are just I was fucking... say, or, or Seinfeld. Any yeah. season of Seinfeld. Um. So let me think. Uh, you know what? It'd probably be one of the John Lovitz... Phil Hartman seasons of SNL. Ooh, good call. Because I like sketch comedy, a lot of variety. Um, so yeah, I'm not exactly sure what season, but you know, probably late late '90s, 
SNL with with the cast was was yeah, Barbie might think. Nice, good call, good call. His second his second part of the, or his second question was a lot of people who get on here and proclaim players as a bust after one year, some even after ten games. Sexton, in your opinion, what is the criteria for a bust and how long? Listen, I just declared that Markel Fultz is going to be a bust after like twenty games. Um, I don't know, man. A lot of time, I feel like we do. You know, like in general, people are really way too quick to call a guy a bust and criticize and say he's not going to pan out, yada, yada, yada. And a lot of things, a lot of times when you see players do it, you can tell, like, listen, he's just young and he needs he needs some time. Um, but there are players like, oh God, I hope not. But Marco Fultz, who you watch him play and you just realize that, like, if he ever does come around, it's going to take a long time. So if you're calling him a bust, I think, if you're not playing up to that number one overall um, billing, and if it takes you like six years to figure it out, you're not necessarily a bust, but you're definitely not the number one pick or you're not, you know, you're not um, what people would expect when they get you there. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, so it's really tough, man, because like, like the ultimate bust, there's two guys, Darko Milicic, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Darko was, especially when you consider the guys picked after him, and how bad he was! Like they, they didn't even pick up his option in Detroit, did they? Like his like rookie option, whatever it was. So, yeah, know. Darko's definitely what I would call a bust. Um, but when you look at, it, I think he ended up having like a maybe a ten year NBA career. You know, he got he got he still got kind of. So, but yeah, that's a bust. Um, another example of a bust to me would be Cleveland oh, Cavaliers' number one pick, Anthony Bennett. Anthony like Bennett, that yeah. is the the biggest example of a bust to me. Like it was just. I don't, in hindsight, like what? Just a terrible pick. Yeah. Just a terrible pick. And and here's you know? the thing, like, say for instance, Evan Turner. Evan Turner was not the savior that Philadelphia was Philadelphia was hoping he was going to be when he was picked number two overall. And you could see pretty quickly that he was going to be a good player, but never a great one. He, mm-hmm. I would not consider Evan Turner a bust at all. I would consider him a fine player and fun and funny on Twitter. Um, and you know. So- He's good. He he can help a team in certain ways, but he's not that transcendent star. And if you're talking about, I wouldn't call him a bust because he has a serviceable career. He's going to be in the NBA for a long time. Not a bust, but not living up to his billing is a whole different thing. So was Kwame, Kwame Brown a bust? Uh, for what they were expecting, yeah. I mean, the thing is, Kwame also like was out of the NBA and came back and also like rode the bench for a lot of he only averaged like six points and three rebounds for his career or something like I'm I'm making that up, but it's it's very low. So he was picked number one overall, right? I mean, Evan Turner was number two overall. Yeah, I know. But Evan Turner's actually having a, a productive career, so I don't consider him a bust. Kwame eh, I don't know. What do you think? So Kwame did. He was in the league for twelve years, twelve year career. He never had a break. So it's not. You said he was out of the league for a while. It's not true. Oh, okay. Um, well, he got he injured. Was one of the, Didn't he get injured? He was injured. Um, yeah, I think he has, ended up having back stuff. Yeah. Uh, his best season, he averaged ten and seven, and after that, you know, like you said, for the most part, he averaged six and six for his career. Um. I don't know, man. It's but at the same time, he was also in his prime, one of the best. It's true. He was actually like he was a good defensive center. Yeah. He would he he was a good post up defensive center, and you know, let me see. He averaged twenty two minutes a game for his career. That's 
that's a rotation player. Like, so, right. I mean, is he a bust? Well, that's the thing. He's a rotate. Well, you just said it. He's a rotation player who got picked number one overall. Yeah, Kwame can What's do Evan some good Turner? things. What's Devin Turner? Uh, he's a starter. He's a rotation player. No, he's not a starter. He's a rotation player. He's come off the bench in, in Portland. All right, fair enough. Yeah, he's a rotation player. All right, whatever. Well, what do you think? <laughs> I cannot believe <laughs> I'm sitting here. Hold on. I can't believe I'm sitting here defending fucking Kwame fucking Brown. <laughs> Same. I can't believe you're doing it either. I don't know, man. It's like I, I really get, I guess it really comes down to like what you value and what in, no, is so, in the IB holder. There's no there's no definitive stats. There's no empirical data that says, hey, this is the guy that's a bust and this is the guy that's no, not. There's, no, it is. No, Anthony Davis is empirically a bust. That's I mean, Anthony, Anthony uh, I was Bennett. Say, what? Anthony Bennett is empirically a bust. Yes, because he's out of the league after four years, after three years. By every metric. Yeah, by every, by metric, every he's metric, he's a bust. So is Greg Oden a bust? No, but Greg Oden was a horrible tragedy of of uh, injury it's you know it happens i feel like you can't be a bust because of injury right like, exactly that's, that's yeah. exactly okay. you can't be a bust because of injury okay so um yeah so i mean uh i i'm gonna you already you're already out on fault i'm not um i'm not I, entirely even... out but i just i just think it's gonna take a longer time to to get it right than I don't know. Maybe by next year he'll. I think if the guy starts playing downhill, when you see him play downhill, he's fucking fun. He's exciting, and he can get to the rim, and he can do a lot of good stuff. He has to get his confidence back, and I just don't know that that's going to come. But I did see flashes of it, and you know, there's flashes. And and if he can, if he can find that and hold on to it, man, I hope he can. But I, as time goes on, I'm quickly losing hope. Yeah, and so I, I guess. Everyone, everybody now is hoping that their guy turns into uh, Victor Oladipo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Depot took Depot a long time. Yeah, I think it was his, like his fifth or sixth. No, fourth fifth or fifth or year. Sixth, yeah. yeah. No, fifth or sixth. You're right. It took, it took, it took, so, I mean, but that's so rare that, you know. I, I think it was I, his I, fourth I, year when he got he – because didn't he get it traded in his third year? My thing is that um, if a guy hasn't shown it by year four – then it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. And I'm going to look up Oladipo right now. I think eh, maybe maybe year four. Yeah, I think it was but, year uh, four when he finally figured it out. Well, year five, he, he like last year was his fifth year, right? And he finally figured it out and get, got so, incredible. So Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins averaged you know, over 20 and like five one year. Is he a bust? No, Andrew Wiggins is not a bust. But Andrew Wiggins is one of those – like we're going to – I feel I supremely – I mean I, I'm convinced that we're going to look back and be like – Andrew Wiggins could have been amazing if he could have ever figured it out. Because he's right. He's just there. He's scratching the surface. He's just so close. He just can't. Is he? Yeah, dude. He's, he's, a, he's a legitimate scorer. And he should be I mean, an incredible defender. I guess is not. He? I guess not. <laughs> because, like, that year he averaged almost 24. They were terrible. Um, so that's just being the best looter in a riot where you're just putting up. You're getting a lot of points, but it doesn't matter. Um, they need him to be a scorer now for Minnesota. He's averaging 17 a game, but like he's still taking bad mid-range jump shots. He's still like when they win, he has 17. When they lose, he has 17. He's not a difference maker. Like right, that right. matters, man. All right. Should we should we get to the last couple of them? At last, yeah. chan- last chance. Does Tyler Tance, Does Tyson Chandler make a difference? He's supposedly um, going to get signed by the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, so Tyson Chandler is near. I think like year 13 or 14, his best years were obviously 2011 when they won the championship. He was really good for the Knicks in 2012 mm-hmm. defensive anchor catching lobs. That's awesome. We're talking five, six years ago. Um, 
you know, he's creaky. He's had back issues. Uh, he's been kind of gently using Phoenix right off the bench. Not really doing much, but like he, he's still like 30, uh, 34, 35. Sure. But he's a big man. You know, it's hard for a big man to have that many miles on him. I think. Um, he, he's got the minutes and the miles, man. He's, you yeah. know, I'm looking at it right. Oh my God. He's played a lot of games. He's played over a thousand NBA games. Um, you know, 28 minutes of pop. Here's the thing. It, it depends on what kind of shape he's in. Right. Um, if he's in shape and can, and, and, can st- and the league's evolved a lot too. Right. Yeah. Cause now he has, he has to be able to guard on the perimeter. He, he can't just be a rim protector, yeah. hang around the back and rebound guy. They're going to put him in pick and rolls and they're going to try to get him up top and they're going to try to blaze right by him. Oh, they go five and out will, and make him pull, pull him out to the yeah, pull him away from the basket. And then what are you going to do? Five he's not, out and have, have Jokic shooting threes on him. So what is he going to do? So and he's not shooting um, threes. <laughs> where he does help, obviously, is that instead of having you know Kuzma playing behind Javale McGee at, at the point guard, now you have a real. I mean, at the point at the center, now you have a real center. So he's going to shore up the second unit defense. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with pretty much everything you said. I I think he'll. He'll be useful in a couple of minutes a game. I he can't hurt, so I don't think it's a I don't think it's a move the needle signing for sure. And unless he has some sort of resurgence and f- goes to Kobe's doctor in Germany, I, I think he's uh, <laughs> he's probably cooked. But well, again, we just said that the Lakers are like twenty third in defense. If he can shore up that second unit defense and get them into the mid teens, fifteen. Then you're cooking because now you got a team that's at least league average offensively and defensively, and that means something. That's you you're a good he's team. Get Twenty minutes a game. Um, a, I mean, even, like even, if you, no, I'm not saying twenty, but if he gets fifteen minutes a game, and then you got, you know, I think your boy Javale's playing twenty seven. You know, that way you only go small ball with Kuz or LeBron at center for like five or six minutes at a at a pop, and so you got like a little death lineup. That's okay. I think that's okay. Yeah. You know, right. I think um, it'll help. But yeah, I guess we got to see how he holds up. Because um, like I've seen, it's Heisen. He doesn't get up on the floor. He's a, a jumper jack. He doesn't get up the floor like he used to. He's um, he's still really tough, and he'll play positional defense. But like he doesn't really spring up and block shots anymore. So I don't know, man. I don't know. He'll help. He'll help. Yes. He'll help. LeBron he loves his vets, anyways. So he won't help. be the difference maker. He won't be the difference maker, but he'll definitely help. Yeah. All right. Last question at Gidota, uh, Ashwin, my friend. How did Lakers shut Lavar's mouth up? Is this the last question? I thought we had a bunch more than this. Um, I don't know. I couldn't find them. Maybe you got more. I'll take a look. Um, it doesn't matter. We're already over like our hour, two hour and ten minutes. Go ahead. How did the Lakers shut um, Lavar's mouth up? I now little conspiracy theorists here that uh, LeBron James just told the Lakers, "Listen, I'm going to come there. I'm going to sign. I don't want to deal with that ball shit. So whatever you got to do, talk to Lavar." Cut that, get them to cut that shit out. And they, Magic, Magic Johnson and and uh, Rob Palenka sat down probably with the Ball family and said, "Hey man, I respect what you're doing. I respect that you know, no no publicity is bad publicity. LeBron James is coming here, and we are not going to deal with any shit between you and LeBron. Yeah. So cut the shit now. And you know, probably told you know, I think you know." Uh, Daddy Ball has a lot of respect for Magic, and probably was like, "Okay, I got you." Yeah, I don't think there's any conspiracy theory uh, theory there at all. I think that's what happened. I think you know LeBron James probably either said he probably said Magic, listen, either you get Lebar to shut up or let's trade his kid. So, <laughs> like, 
I, I don't think there's a conspiracy theory. I think that's fact. Um, I just saw somebody tweet this today to uh, our boy, Matt Moore, HP Basketball, and this is just a little side nugget info. For the first time in a while, the Lakers are actually a net positive when LeBron sits, and they're a net negative when he's on the floor. So hmm. I thought that would be, that was really interesting. Like, And it's like, um, I think, who's that guy? Uh, was it Lakers Forum? One of those sites, you know. Lakers Film Room? No, um, damn it! I tweeted it out and I talked about it on the timeline too. But yeah, that was one of the he he did like a you know a, a ten things about the Lakers based on these stats, and that was one of the stats mm-hmm. for you know LeBron James is a pretty pretty like I think overall it's like uh, almost a negative ten. It's a or it's a positive ten difference when he sits versus when he's playing on the floor. That's crazy. So that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right, James. It turned into a, uh, a LeBron James podcast. Anyways, did you have any more Twitter questions? What are we going to do, man? I didn't even check, but, I mean, hey, LeBron <laughs> is the best player in the league, yeah. you know? It's funny how every – but somebody made a good point. Every game now is going to be of in-depth analysis of, you know, LeBron's psyche, the team psyche. But this is what, this is what you get when you get LeBron James. And I'm and to cite Spike Eskin one more time, I'm, as he mentioned, I'm super happy, too, that, like – remember when we talked to Kelly Dwyer early last year and we were talking about LeBron James possibly going to Philadelphia, and I said – I don't know if I want him on Philly because look what he does to the team. Look at the fucking circus he brings when he's there. Look, look, what, look what's happening in L.A. right now. I'm just saying, like, thanks, no thanks. I mean, I got yelled at about the same thing when I said I wouldn't want him in Boston. They, you know, people call me crazy and no, you go to the finals. I don't. I want my team to be good for the next decade. Yeah. I don't want to sell everything for LeBron James and have to kowtow to his every need. I'm good. Yeah, I'd rather build the next Warriors than have the next Cavaliers. That's. That's basically all I'm saying. So we'll get we'll get yelled at about that take probably. That's fine. Tweet at James at Snotty Drippin'. You can you can yell at him about all my takes. And you tweet at Joe Borelli at Joe Borelli, not Joe Borelli NYC, who's another guy. Oh fuck that guy. That's so Donald, yeah, Donald tweet, Trump tweet at Joe. Oh by the way, don't forget to vote tomorrow. There you go. There you go. Get out the vote. Um. Yeah, man. So. Uh, tweet at, at Joe Borelli. Tweet at us at, at DunkTailsPod. That's D-U-N-K-T-A-L-E-S-P-O-D. Um, and, oh, yeah, we got to – I keep forgetting. We need to – we probably need to promote that more. We have a uh, one of those pa- those Patreons. Patreon. So give us – Patreon page. Yeah. We whatever. do, but, you know, I, I, you know, if we're going to start promoting it, we really should put an episode out weekly. <laughs> yes, every Monday. <laughs> every Monday. All right, every Monday it is. So give us money. Give us money. Give us all your money so James can buy a new microphone, which he still has not done. How how that sound? Was it, that sound bad it today? It was fine. It sounded good today. It sounded good today. But you still need a new mic. I'm just saying. Shut up. All right. <laughs> all right. Peace. Peace.